Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the storyteller is ready, so let us begin. You're a great warrior, Anakin, but you'll need to prove yourself as your undoing. Until you overcome it, a Padawan you will still be. This week, the story is about the series Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, and chiefly its episodes four and five, which we haven't yet had an opportunity to podcast about. It's been kind of a crazy time uh, in our personal lives, and so we're happy to be back on the podcast to discuss um, how this show is building towards a, a crescendo, a sort of season finale. Man, do six episodes go quickly. Like in a few short hours at the time of this recording, we're going to have seen all of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy, the fact that it goes by so quick, but it's definitely going to be the case when you lose two episodes in, or really because they put the two first episodes on a Friday and the show is a Wednesday show, we had three episodes in less than one week at the start. And so there's half your series gone. And so from the rumors that are out there, this finale could be the equivalent of at least two episodes in length which would be nice. But uh, yeah, the series has certainly gone by quickly. And uh, although at the same time, I felt the pacing has been oh, good. Yeah. I know not everybody, not everybody's liked the pacing, but I, I've been okay with it. Well, I've continued to think about a preposition I think I made or one of us made the first time we podcasted about, about this series, which is that it might have been an interesting rollout method for this amount of story to instead of doing six 40-minute episodes, do three roughly 80, 90-minute episodes on three consecutive weeks. And so it could feel a little bit like a TV version of an Obi-Wan trilogy. And I've continued to fixate on how that might have changed our interpretation of the series. Um, I don't know that it would be, would be better or worse, except for that I tend to like movies a whole lot. I will say, I think it would have been a great fixer for what a lot of people was problematic, a lot of people thought was problematic about episode four in particular. That kind of seems to be the one that people were maybe yawning at or at least kind of poking holes in saying that it was a bit of a throwaway. I don't think it was a throwaway. And I think if you package it nicely with episode three, which is leading towards Leia's getting kidnapped, uh, you resolve it in the second half with Leia's getting rescued. And I think that you uh, fix a lot of problems there. Plus, then you have episode five, which we're going to discuss in detail as the opening act of what appears to be a pretty exciting finale for the show. Yeah, and I continue to think that that's a really creative way of doing it. I think it makes sense to do it as the six episodes and you could have released them in kind of two chunk tranches. But under that circumstance, why not just make it three kind of long episodes? Yeah. And so there's a, there's a bunch of different ways in which they could have uh, gone about this. Um, they could have treated each episode with a very like with almost like an intermission. I mean, start, there's no reason you can't go back to real old school style uh, storytelling, especially as Star Wars is based. This is has based its episodic uh, nature off of television. And so and and, and it's an opera. And also, are, yeah. And so it, it, it can really work in that way to to do to have done something creative uh but in the same vein i'm not against uh, the way it's been presented it's been very enjoyable i thought episode five was the first episode to get me out of my seat yeah uh, it was the first one to really uh, that I, I i think i literally got out of my seat at one point so it's it, it was one of those episodes that 
you know, how I'm always craving something that can, um, crack, crack a top 10 list. It's like, you want something that considering how many live action, uh, Star Wars television episodes we've had, you want something that can like kind of be in the, in your top 10 there. Uh, cause we haven't had that many. So you, if for a show to have six episodes, you want to have a, a couple real good standouts. And, and I feel, I feel like an episode five really, really did that for me. So that was really good. No, no question at all. And, and by the way, I might as well say up front, like I'm, I'm a real lover of episode four, uh, and in part because of all the reasons that people take issue with it. Um, if you're wanting something that feels like like Origins, and you know we can have a whole conversation about whether that's good, whether Star Wars should grow beyond or if it should continue to, to harken back to the past. I mean, I think that this was a really elegant bit of fan service episode four. It just felt so much like A New Hope to me, literally from the standpoint of like, breaking in to rescue the princess who's a prisoner by the Empire, but also like the subtleties of Obi-Wan lurking in the shadows and avoiding uh, being noticed by stormtroopers. And just his little uh, lipstick um, walkie-talkie, I think, is similar to one we see in A New Hope. And there are just all kinds of little... Personal com link. Yeah, little little, uh, cinema allusions to original Star Wars, which I thought were like really refreshing. And did what I've been craving a lot, which was help to draw a clear connection between Ewan McGregor's uh, Obi-Wan and Alec Guinness's Obi-Wan, because I still continue to see a disconnect, at least in their temperament. One is very um, uh, mopey, <laughs> for the lack of a better word. One is like really tormented, and the other guy is quite wry. And so I don't know if we're going to see some like peaceful resolution in the finale of this show. Um, but I did start to see you and or uh, see Alec Guinness and you and McGregor in episode four in ways that I'd kind of been craving. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely would agree with that. The way that uh, they do the little like um, stormtrooper trick uh, where he does the, the the force sound throw almost. Right. Uh, and uh, yes, it's it's lurking in an imperial setting. There's a probe droid that is in particular used to torture Leia or is about to use it and uh, her resistance to torture is considerable. Uh, it, it's like the, the beats are, are all over the place. Uh, I think it, it's a little silly that they do the like two kids in a trench coat move on the way out. Oh, sure. Uh, and in watching that scene again, um, there is um, there's, I don't know whether it's weird directing or, the volume or Moses Ingram's um, physical, like, like like maybe like running in that armor is not easy, but it looked a little, it looked a little weird when she was tra- chasing after them at the end of the episode. Um, it looked a little like she was running on a treadmill and would, and could never catch them. Okay. Uh, so I thought, I thought that was a little bit like it, it didn't land as well as it did maybe the first time even. Um, but yeah, aside from those little things that people like for some reason had a real like frustration with, there's like people were complaining, but I don't know why I thought, yeah, I thought episode four was great as well. Uh, the parallels with the new hope I, I did enjoy there's, uh, this, it's the setting of the final act of Jedi fallen order. And so that's really cool, uh, that it's kind of mirroring it up there. And they even do some very video gamey moments where it's like protect, like keep the glass from breaking by like tapping X. Yeah. Uh, and so that, that was very, uh, kind of reminiscent and was, it was cool to see. Although can um, I just say about the glass breaking thing as, as cool as that sequence was. And I, I like when star Wars dare 
desires to get a little bit brutal, especially with the stormtroopers. Like, and it, and it was like when you see their corpses floating through the window after the mm-hmm. corridors just like filled complete with completely with water. I thought that was cool, but I can't be the only person who thought, why is this glass not blaster proof? Like this wing of of the base is completely underwater, and it takes one rogue blast to crater the window and like deeply compromised the security of the building like it just seemed like a little bit silly to me that that could happen yes but it was also a little silly that it would the doors could wall off the water yes and that the water wouldn't continue there were watertight doors (laughs) they were watertight doors so it's like okay we know we did a poor design here and so uh we'll at least make every section of this watertight so that the, the entire fortress doesn't go down it's funny also that you mentioned the hiding of leia inside a really big coat while they're they're wearing imperial uh officer armor and they're marching towards their getaway um, I didn't have an issue with it the first time. And when I rewatched the episode, I was like, how is nobody recognizing that this is very suspicious? And I don't know if the solution is to put Obi-Wan in a stormtrooper outfit and I don't know, hide Leia inside like a, a, a gutted droid or something. That might be a little bit too on the nose, but uh, there had to be a better way to get her out of there. Because we smuggle people in enemy territory all the time in Star Wars. and We do better than this normally. Yeah, like honestly, a garbage can would have worked better. Yeah. An upside down garbage can. Uh, it could have looked enough like a droid. Yeah, play with um, the fact that she's tiny. Yeah, or you could do something. Um, yeah, put her in like a case, like a, like a gun case. <laughs> yeah. Like anything like that would work better than. And also he looks suspicious enough because he's got this bushy ass beard, which no Imperial has. Right. The most any Imperial ever has is a mustache, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there might be a little goatee. I, uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember now. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, but anyway, it, overall, it's um, it it is a little silly uh, that they're able to get as far as they do. Uh, it is nice to see the return of the T47s, the airspeeders. Um, those are cool. Um, and uh, I also love the use of his lightsaber when he does rescue Leia to take out the stormtroopers oh, in yeah. the dark room. It's great. That is very, like a great like glow stick at a rave moment where it just kind of pops up. And uh, although they do do the the cuts across the stormtroopers, which like they don't sever, they're very slashy, but they kind of just do little kind of half right gashes on the stormtrooper. It, it it it's almost it's it's a weird half measure for the TV show that directly severed in half stormtroopers over the gate. Sure, and in the earlier episode with kind of playing it safe, yeah. That episode uh, opens actually on, um, well, it's right after Leia's been captured and, and Obi-Wan has to be taken to the Bacta tank. And, and that's fine. I mean, I think we're starting to use Bacta tanks a little bit too much. Every time somebody gets beat up, we just throw them in the Bacta tank for an hour and a half and like we pretend that it never happened. Although it's interesting filmmaking to show him uh, kind of unconscious floating in that uh, medicated water and, and we do close-ups on uh, his burns, and then we do a stealthy transition to a, a close-up on the burns of Darth Vader while he's in his back to therapy. And so it's interesting that they're both in that situation, and obviously Obi-Wan is not nearly as badly scarred as, as Anakin was, um, but uh thought that was just kind of like a good way to, to kick off the episode. Oh, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. I uh, I watched it a couple times when I started the episode today, rewatching it. I just played it like that opening section, I think three times in a row because it was just 
so well directed and executed. Uh, the acting from Hayden Christensen's really good. Yeah, uh, it's it's there's there's torment there. There's there's even sadness in his eyes. You can kind of see for a quick glimmer. Uh, but it's just it's really really good. And the way that the makeup's done is also exceptional. The burns are disgusting, uh, and uh, he really does just look like a a, a little stumped corpse and yeah. in, in 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 a bathtub. It's it's gross but excellent. Uh, really liked Tala in this episode. She's just like a, a real badass. Like when she she goes yeah. in there like completely gutless, willing to look people in the eye and lie to them about where her uh, allegiances are. Um, and she's also like she can fight. Like she's just she's a really good uh, asset for the ensemble in this episode in particular. Yeah, she's just a reliable ally that you believe is capable. I mean, the way that it, it, she rescues Obi-Wan just at the very beginning, uh, uh, what was that, episode three? Uh, and uh, she she's clearly has the upper hand. She's the one telling him about the path and all these things. And so she's, she's a worthy companion on this journey for him uh, as somebody who's been very helpful. Difficult to then see her uh, kind of get taken out in the next episode. Yeah. Um, but um, I guess call, kind call of- Call me any, sir. Uh, Sorry? Call me sir. Oh, yes. It's like a striking that's thing right. when she says that. And he just, he, obviously that's protocol. Yeah. Uh, there was also in that episode, um, the tomb, mm. the, that was really disturbing. And uh, the character that they focus in on at the first uh, is Tara Sanube, who is a Jedi from the Clone Wars, oh, okay. uh, who kind of mentors Ahsoka through an arc. And he's this old man. He's a cane lightsaber. Uh, and he's just this very likable character. Um, and so to have it like zone in on him and that's his, his live action first appearance is, okay, he did. Wow. And, it, yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's not just a tomb, though. It's almost like a museum of trophies. It's like. Yeah, it's, it, it's a trophy room. Yeah. It's it's like deer heads on a wall, uh, the wall of a hunter or something in his lodge. Um uh, and I said to Becky, because I didn't recognize any of these Jedi, it was still quite a uh, palpable scene to see how like how brutal and vicious that this was and how um, disturbing it was to Obi-Wan. But I didn't recognize any of the Jedi in particular. I kind of thought maybe they were going to save up like a Coyote Mundi or something to like be a little bit more recognizable to people. But I said to Becky, uh, Ross is going to know most, if not all of these people by name. No, they were, uh, there was only Terrace Sanube. There was maybe uh, Pablo Jill or Coleman. No, it would be Coleman Cash because Pablo Jill was dead uh, before them. But Coleman Cash might have been in there. Um, but other than that, they were just kind of uh, randoms. And I thought even some of them didn't even look like Jedi. I thought that was a bit of a weird choice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was also, uh, it was sad there was a, a kid in there. And so, but I do agree they should have used uh, one very noticeable Jedi. Uh, even somebody who, I, I mean, I guess you maybe want to make it seem like it's um, of, like this is an inqui all Inquisitor kills. So yeah. you can't take somebody directly from Order 66. But you only showed a few Jedi dying during Order 66. So you just pick one of the like many Jedi. And I mean, like Terra Sanube is an example of somebody, but he's not, he's too much of a deep cut. You needed to go with, somebody like a yaddle but not yaddle because of her species right. um 
but uh yeah there there definitely there there were choices out there a guy like uh uh yeah i don't know who who would be a good choice but there 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 are other choices they that they could have gone with uh, that would have been a little bit more recognizable from from film so episode 4 was also our first appearance by O'Shea Jackson Jr as Roken who sticks around yes. for at least a couple episodes he's really cool and Maya Erskine who i kind of had high hopes for although she's kind of just like a glorified background character she does perform a rescue at the end mm. of this episode and that's cool although she doesn't have a whole lot of the personality or charisma that i know her to be capable of um but roken's cool he's like kind of kind of a star wars archetype of uh all business but like kind of a blue collar good guy uh running out of faith but trying his best within the organization he shares a little bit of his background about having had a wife who maybe was uh a jedi certainly she was captured and killed by by force sensitive she was force sensitive and she was uh, a victim of the inquisitors and so he's just kind of going through the motions now but he has a lot of reverence for uh obi-wan he calls him general in in his first scene which i thought was really awesome that's the first time we've had him referred to as such in this series um, and over the next two episodes, he just grows to be more and more um, perfect fit for Star Wars. Like, I, I don't know if they intend to keep him around in other capacities throughout the series, but that guy can slot into a lot of Star Wars scenes. Yeah, he reminds me of Riken from uh, Echo Base. Riken uh, and Roken. And uh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> but just kind of that, like, gruff but respectable uh, on the ground uh leader in a cave uh, yeah. of the rebels and it uh he at, at first he's like get obi-wan away from here and then he changes his tune pretty quick uh but in watching it again it was it makes a little bit more sense you realize they're backed into a corner and he and he talks it through and realizes he's just being kind of uh, a little uh, too much of a worry wart mm -hmm. and so overall I, I really do think he's a very human character uh, and it's always nice to have somebody who's a grounded character yeah. amongst all the little bits of chaos. Uh, he doesn't seem to maybe he, he's maybe not crazy brave or, or, or crazy strong or but he's just he's, he's doing his part. Yeah. And uh, he he was able to get done what he thought would take four hours and did it in one hour with the help of Leia. And so uh, it worked. And uh, we got that cool uh, get her the ladder moment, which I, I think is still really, really funny. for some Oh, reason. was that in, in episode four? I guess it was. No, no, no. That was that was an episode. Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that was an episode five. That uh, was episode five. Okay, well, we can probably just wrap up everything about episode four as long as we have a quick conversation about Reva in this episode, who's quite seething, um, you know, starting to be kind of one note. Like she's very, very angry. Uh, and she's interrogating Leia, and Leia's like holding her ground in a sort of Leia Organa kind of way. Um, how do we feel about her in this state? I, I think it I think it works for the for the most part. I think it's a a little like I like I said the second time watching it, her her marching towards Obi Wan and the platform at the end, uh, and the kind of just not like half hearted attempt to uh, prevent them from leaving. Uh, or maybe then again, she does say at the end that it was, I let them escape, which I don't believe. Uh, I think that's bullshit. I think the, uh, bugging Lola was a backup, right? but uh, I think as, I think as an overall, um, yeah, it's just, a, it was just a little bit more kind of predictable, uh, angry Reva. 
and Reva is, I, I think, continues to be predictable into the next episode. Yes. But I like the fact that Reva is now at a position like she's been predictable for five episodes. And I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, but at least now I have no idea what the hell she's going to do in episode six. No. And so I, I think it, it 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 doesn't matter that she's been predictable up to this point because she's no longer predictable. And so that works for me. Um, but I think, the, yeah, episode four was a little bit more kind of going through the motions with her character and with Leia. And I think that's where people... I can I can get if they had some issues where it's like, okay, Reva and Leia don't really need to have this this interaction. This 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 beat isn't needed that you can kind of merge it back with the previous episode and maybe and maybe tighten something up a little bit there. But I'm okay to see it again. Yeah, I was disappointed that Leia didn't have a face to face with Vader because it seemed like the opportunity for them to break the ice. And we know that by the time of A New Hope, they have an established rapport of uh, unmoved annoyance. You know, the first thing she says to Vader in the series is, Darth Vader, only you could be so bold. And she's practically rolling her eyes. This is not her first encounter with this guy, who, by the way, at least as far as she wants you to see, doesn't really scare her. And so, I guess in part, that's because she's been having these violent run-ins with evil villains since she was 10. But it would have been nice if if he could have interacted with one of his kids unknowingly for the first time in this in this episode. And it didn't happen. Yeah, that is true. That would be cool. Uh, I think people would then bring it up as a problem, even though it exists in the the first bits of dialogue in episode four. And that's the crazy part. Honestly, it's um, a bigger problem to me. And th- I, I know I'm the only person who's really hung <laughs> up on this, but like it's a bigger problem to me that she introduces herself as years ago, you served my father in the Clone Wars. Having had this, in, they are in love. Yeah. These two are like, they are family Okay. At this point, they're hugging each other. He has so much faith in her. He cares so much for her and she for him Mm -hmm. after five episodes of this series. And in her distress message via R2-D2 in the original Star Wars, there appears to be no sign that these two have a personal relationship whatsoever. And I'm going to need a little bit of explanation for that, I think. Yeah, you can't just have uh, the protocol droids memory wiped. That's not the same situation here, Bale, uh, with 3PO. But you... Leia should know. Uh, like years ago, we went on this crazy journey. Of course remember? she knows. Of course we- she knows. <laughs> it is kind of nice, though, that um, they're building this background for when Bail Organa sends a message to Obi-Wan via his daughter. It's because he's mm. always done that. <laughs> for years, he's been sending holograms to Obi-Wan saying, please come help me. Yes, but he's... Uh, well, actually... That that I guess would have to stop at this point because he he's not able to send Obi Wan a, a hologram. He has to get Leia to send the message. Yeah, um, like a, a personal message as opposed to being able. So that image caster must have been the last piece of communication. He he may no longer have any communication with Bail after this. Well, and he may have also decided after all of the very specific context he included in his most recent message that it's not safe for him to say names and locations in his messages to Obi-Wan sent across the galaxy. Yeah, as a as a big fan of Bail Organa, that was not his smoothest move. No, uh, that was uh, a worried dad uh, paying the ransom note there. Um, that was the mistake. Uh, but overall, uh, we we do know that uh, Bail pays for it eventually, he does. <laughs> and neither Luke or Leia do. Uh, and so, uh, 
I'm I'm ex- interested to see how that's going to uh, be left off. But yeah, let's chat about more about episode five yeah, just yeah. in general because uh, that was the that's been the best episode thus far, and I absolutely loved it from start to finish. So uh, the fact that we kick off on Coruscant and uh, we get that amazing start to the to the flashback and finally getting a flashback yeah. was just great to see. To uh, like pre Clone War era. Uh, Anakin Obi-Wan dynamic and so because he still has like the short buzz cut um, he still has both of his arms so it's like pre-geonosis and uh, although he does have like laugh lines and stuff but we don't need to pull at that through oh, yeah. too too much it's kind of bizarre they didn't do a little bit more smoothing when they are certainly technically capable of, capable of doing so but whatever it's really really yeah, nice you had the best Best canvas and easiest thing to work with here yeah. to to get a perfect looking eighteen uh, year old Hayden Christensen, but they you got a forty year old man playing essentially a boy like like nineteen twenty year old Hayden Christensen, so that's yeah. kind of strange, but whatever it worked it worked for me just fine. And the whole episode is built around this structure of uh, Obi Wan accepting the presence and the menace of of Darth Vader and anticipating him based on what he knows about him from the past. And so we get to see how that echoes into who Anakin has become. Because um, most of what they show of young Anakin is an angry and impatient, um, rather, uh, I don't want to say violent, but just kind of egoic version of, of a warrior. Um, and Obi-Wan is trying hard to train that out of him. But of course, we know that's quite natural. Um, and it was really really great to see the parallels it was so cool yeah and just overall with yeah you've got so much anger coming out of anakin in this scene and he's getting kind of bested and a little bit mocked throughout it uh in in in, by obi-wan but he's also he's 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 winning the whole time he has the upper hand because he's stronger and it's Obi-Wan operating from the low ground mm-hmm. uh, and still finding a way to gain the high ground over Anakin. Yeah. Uh, and that's what the whole episode is as well. Uh, Darth Vader has got Obi-Wan pinned down from the beginning. Uh, and in the end, uh, Obi-Wan takes off uh, because Vader's got his anger just focused in the, in the wrong area. Uh, and it's all on proving himself. It's all on making sure, and like that's what I think the last thing uh, Obi Wan says is, is your need to prove yourself is your undoing, mm-hmm. um, or well, your need for victory. Or well, he says that. one more thing, and it's my favorite part of the exchange. He says, "Until you can understand that, you will always be the Padawan," which is a fabulous mirror line to uh, last time we met. I was but the learner; now I am the master. And so that's mm-hmm. him coming back years later at that uh, belittling accusation that obviously has really haunted him and taunted him he wants to be uh he wants to have both the physical and the uh the overall high ground above obi-wan to feel powerful over him yeah he he, based on episode three he wants to make him feel all the pain that that he felt he wants to completely turn the tables uh and in just overall you see all this anger coming out and uh the scene where he's just bashing down on Obi-Wan's lightsaber I love that one so much because it's exactly what uh Vader uh does to Obi-Wan in episode 3 uh and it's exactly what Luke does to Vader in 
in Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. And so when you have that exact motions of just like, okay, this is the moment Luke realizes he's turning into his father. Here's an example of Anakin doing this. And then here's an example of Vader doing this. It just, it shows, okay, this is the worst part about Anakin. And so we, what do we get? We get an example of Anakin being at his absolute worst with Obi-Wan as well. And so Obi-Wan knows that he's pulling the worst out of Anakin in this situation. And then he's able to use that to his advantage at the end to, to win. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how that's going to come out in the next episode. What kind of mind games is, uh, is he going to continue to play with Anakin uh, to continue to get the, the upper hand uh, because he's going to. Yeah, I guess so. They are going to have one more major square off. It seems like they've got a lot to resolve in this series finale. I really hope they do beef up the length. I, I, I really hope that it's more. Yeah. And uh, there is uh uh, there was that the very first piece of like promo imagery. Um, I, I, I bought into it and then I've just never been able to get the idea out of my mind. And there's another, and there's another piece of promo imagery now um, that says it again, but I think we're getting Mustafar number two. Okay. I think, I think that's where the big battle is going to be. I think Obi-Wan's going to confront Vader on his own, on home turf. I wonder though, um, what would draw Obi-Wan to Mustafar? Because he throughout the entire series has not been interested in like, chasing down to have it out with vader he just wants to get away from vader and not in a cowardly way he's just like he's not a a, a vengeful person and so there's gonna have to be a reason he has to go there to rescue leia or or luke i suppose except luke's not going to go to mustafar it, they certainly no. leave off the end of episode five implying that finally luke's well-being and safety is about to be compromised but it's we do know that it's we don't know, but it seems likely that it's not going to happen in a way that's all that clear to Luke himself. Because when we meet mm -hmm. Luke in the original Star Wars, he's not aware that any adventures ever happened to him. Uh, yes, that's true. But at the same time, he also knows that maybe adventures have happened that uh, like maybe that old Ben has had adventures. He yes. does kind of seem to have that interesting take on uh, on old Ben Kenobi. And so uh he's intrigued by him and he seems to have some level of familiarity there. Whereas he doesn't seem to quite at this point, he seems like Obi-Wan is still kept at a, at a, a few arms reach. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, there, there could be some reason for him to want to go there. And I think it probably comes down to Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon saying that you need to go and uh, train the boy, sure. yeah. <laughs> uh, bring him, bring him back. Uh, and then it needs to kind of hit on the Obi-Wan once thought as you did as well. Uh, that there's still good in you. Uh, maybe we get a Padme flashback, Padme oh, okay. uh, references, at least a reference uh, in in this uh, chapter six. I, I got to see. We have to. It just makes too much sense. Sure. Um, it's the final things she said to him. There's still good in him. And yeah. then we're just going to leave that untouched. Really? Well, and it's a huge part of what motivates Vader's anger, especially as it relates to Obi-Wan. So like yeah. that's all part of the same story. And so he can't be this hung up on Obi-Wan and just not be considering Padme. Plus yeah, they, they also was... kind of alluded to her earlier in the series. So it kind of like sets things up that she is a presence in this orbit. Yeah. It just makes too much sense to not bring her in mm -hmm. and make that a key tipping point in what changes. Like Obi-Wan, if he's got like memories of Padme and he's got uh force ghost Qui-Gon talking to him. And um, he, I don't know, like 
maybe we do flashbacks and include Yoda in there, or maybe he, he will be talking to Bail Organa and he will talk to Luke. He will talk to Leia. Like he's going to have all these reasons to want to go confront Vader. Uh, but then again, all this does not seem to want to work in a, in a, a standard 40 minute window. So no. it does seem like we will need the hour and a half that is potentially rumored. So, and this is a good uh, episode five is a good Riva episode. And we're going to need to see that story yes. somewhat concluded and, you know, not to skip ahead too far, but like, look, she's not dead at the end of episode five. And so there's going to be some more story to tell. Um, it begins with her having successfully tracked Obi-Wan via Lola and her, her like homing beacon. And so for that, successful effort vader grants her the title of grand inquisitor although she doesn't know at this moment that he's kind of just like playing with her um uses her for a little bit longer and then later in the episode uh after it's been you know screwed up yet again uh she approaches vader with the intent of killing him because of course obi-wan uh is able to see in her that she uh, was a youngling, and you predicted this weeks ago. You were totally hot on this, that she was like one of the kids in the temple. Um, yeah, a lot of people did. It was, yeah. it just, it made a lot of sense as to why that that was, that part was going to be shown. I, it was kind of 50-50 as to whether her anger was going to be mostly at Obi-Wan or whether she would have more of anger at Vader for killing her friends. Well, yes, it and, seems like and she's it's got more anger at Vader. Absolutely that. It's, it's General Hux. I don't care if you win. I just need Kylo Ren to lose. And so she, yeah. she has that conversation with, um, with Obi-Wan. He says like, why don't you join me if we have like the same goal in mind and she's like because we don't you don't want to kill vader i want to kill vader so no we're not Mm. we're not friends um and then she has what she thinks is an opportunity to sneak up behind vader and uh she pulls out her lightsaber and of course he just dummies her like she's nothing compared to him oh it is the most lopsided fight ever embarrasses her yeah, she looks she also like is not great with the saber apparently yeah um but in that same vein, um, doesn't even get a, a remotely good swing at him. No. Uh, he's taken the saber from her. He's uh, given half of it back to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's taken both. Of it. It, it is an absolute ass whooping. Uh, it is both funny, but uh, a, just a badass scene. Uh, and it comes off the heels of the even more badass scene when Vader just rips the oh. transport apart oh, after pulling shit. it out of the sky. I mean, so that cool. is just so <laughs> So bloody cool. He doesn't even hesitate to pull that ship no. back down to the ground as it's trying to fly away. And we've seen that a couple of times now, although we've never seen it so handily done. Um, mm. But then when he also just uses his force power to just shred the wall off of the ship to see if someone's inside, that like blew me away. That was so, so cool. Uh, and really yeah, just shows one. how frigging scary. This show has been effective in continuing the rogue one legacy of reminding us exactly how scary this guy is um and then also he he reveals in his encounter with with reva that he's known all along that she's the the padawan and that he can't trust her uh and so he uh stabs her through the stomach and it's kind of implied i think it was literal that he did Mm. exactly the same thing and almost killed her when she was a kid and so yeah i think so i i think so the only other way to interpret that would be that it was just kind of like he symbolically stabbed her back then and she's like remembering her youth and the first time he betrayed her. Um, but no, I think that he has in fact now attacked her in exactly the same way twice. And maybe that's how she manages to survive. Maybe she's got some bionics or something. Um, well, I mean, 
I think most likely, but anybody can survive a stab to the stomach. Right. Um, like Grand Grand Inquisitor. Uh, and then he marches out and uh, and he says something. He has two stomachs as well. So that's oh, part of the Oh, how convenient. He says, amazing what revenge can do for the will to live. And so that, that of course, explains how he survived her uh, attempt to kill him. But it's also going to explain how, how she survives the the blow she's just taken. And how Maul survived falling down the shaft and how Anakin survived on the shores of Mustafar right. and how any Sith or Darksider survives. Yeah. And then they she's- cling to rage. She's stripped of her Grand Inquisitorship um, and she's just kind of left for dead and that's where the episode ends. Um, also with a certain degree of success on the part of, I guess they're not the, the Rebel Alliance yet, but on the part of the good guys because uh, Leia was able to crawl into the small space and clip the red wire and open the, the, the Sky Dome, enabling all the good guys to fly away just in time. Um, and so... Other than the fact that they're still being hunted, um, they had a pretty successful Hadja, episode. Yeah, Hadja dropped the image caster, which was a big problem because then all the Bail Organa information gets left behind. That's right, and, and Riva uh, has that, and so she's going to now go after Luke. Yeah, or uh, yeah, she's pulling a lot together to be able to find Luke just based off of Owen Tatooine boy. Um, well, but she I met Owen, she, right? Yeah, but she's got to find out where he lives. Uh, so she's going to do all that pretty quickly. I believe uh, she can do that. I mean, first of all, she's a yeah. finder. She's a hunter for a living. It's her job. And she yeah. has met Obi or, uh, Owen. Like she she was on the street that he was on. All she has to, do, has to do is go like threaten some shopkeep to find out where the Lars farm is. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and so she can get there pretty quick, even though she's got a stab in, in, in the gut. I wonder if she it, it would be interesting. She probably does have some mechanicals. You're probably right uh, that she's got cybernetics already. And that's how she's going to get up so quickly and yeah. recover from this. Um, but that would then also, it doesn't make sense why Vader just left her alive. Why didn't you decapitate her? You mm. have no problem choking people out all the time, Vader. Um, he leaves her like in the gutter to leave, to teach her a lesson or something. Yeah. That's not Vader. And so, as you said, she's all the predictability of her character is kind of spent now. And so there's only a couple of directions she can go. She can continue to lean into her hatred until the point at which it kills her um, in one more encounter with Vader in which he will not have any time for her and he will cut off her head or, mm -hmm. or she'll take Obi-Wan up on his previous offer and decide to work with the good guys. Although I'm not sure they're going to be open to that because she is indeed an evil monster. She is, but she's also the most redeemable villain we've ever had. The worst thing she's done cut is she's cut off a couple people's hands. Yeah. Uh, and she almost tortured Leia. Mm -hmm. um, she hasn't really killed anyone, I don't think. I, maybe you're right. Feels like she has. And, oh, yeah. I mean, it's implied she's definitely killed Jedi in the past, but she's also, that was her job and she was forced into it to a degree. And, when you look at all the other redemption arcs they've had, this one is the cleanest. Sure. This one's a lot easier. She didn't kill Han Solo. Uh, so that's what you predict? Do you think that she's going to turn all good? No, I predict that they're going to do um, uh, some form of half measure. I think they will keep her alive uh, and they will have to, they will finally have a character who uh, needs to go on some, journey of penance mm. uh where they need to make things right in a different way 
Now, I don't think that's going to be like Reva working on the path or like Reva <laughs> being um, the new, I don't know, coded like spy in Andor for the rebels. Yeah. Uh, like I'm, I'm expecting it to be its own new type of journey and I'm okay with that. I would really like that. I think that would be good for star Wars. So I, I think uh, a redemption arc that leaves the character alive, but not in a, in a happy spot would be good. Yeah. I don't think I'm interested in her dying in an act of heroism to redeem her soul, but then she's not a character no. anymore. We've done that so much and we've, we've saved it from more important characters than Reva. No disrespect to her, but that's, that's fine. That's the way Vader goes out and that's the way Kylo Ren goes out. Um, I don't need to see that from Reva. I think, I think that that's good. If she, at the end of this, this series has a long way to go, but she's stripped mm. of power. Um, mm. there could be an interesting story to tell about her going forward. Yeah. And one I'd be eager to see, Yeah, I think as well. Uh, and it would be one that we'd have like from the beginning, I'd have no bloody clue where it was going to go other than probably leading to full redemption. But will that be redemption in life or death or, how that, but it's a story of a journey in that instance. And so I, I think that that could work and I'd be interested in it. But uh, uh, we remain to see if that will be the case. She could and probably most likely will still remain angry and bitter and Obi-Wan will be forced to kill her. Um, and he will, I don't know, he'll, it'll be very similar to the way he has to kill Maul, I, yeah, I assume. Maybe. I guess we're going to see Aunt Peru for sure because she hasn't turned up yet. No, only in a in a in a distance. Uh, I think they did show her um, very very briefly in that um, scene where Obi Wan was spying on on the homestead. Oh, but guess, uh, yeah. yeah, it would make sense for her to be in it. Luke has basically not been in it either, and so wow, that's uh, so weird. Uh, the things the I couldn't have predicted is that it would be a story all about Leia and not at all about Luke. Fascinating. No, I mean, no one would have predicted how little he's been in it. Yeah. Any other big thoughts for, for the series finale? I, I don't know. I, I just don't see how they can jam it all in if it's not nice and beefy. Well, we're definitely getting a Qui-Gon. Uh, got it, got we're, it. Yeah, we're going to get uh, a big lightsaber duel that lasts a while, and Obi-Wan's got his shit together for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably going to be a Mustafar. It's going to be interesting to see if luke luke i hope has an interaction with with ben uh, i would like to see that um and i'd like to see uh, a padme reference uh i don't know if we will we definitely I, I don't think we'll see her but i would like to i would like to mm-hmm. uh and i would love another flashback yeah but yeah, I, I'm kind of at this point, I'm kind of surprised we got the flashback that we did because I'm starting to think that they do not want to do flashbacks to the extent that we count on them. Yeah, I just, they feel, they feel, it feels like they serve the story so well. Yeah, it's so, especially so in useful. A, yeah, in a show like this, it was so, so beneficial to have Hayden Christensen and Darth Vader both be in like the same episode flashing back between each other. No, no fast burn progression, no slow burn progression, just uh, a complete like flip back and forth between the two. You, you don't get to see that. And that's, that was really, really cool. Well, we did our pre clone wars flashback. Maybe we're going to do a, um, 
Revenge of the Sith flashback now, something circa Order 66. We could even bring in Ahsoka. I mean, she'd be much younger there, but that could be handy. Um, yeah. Put a, I think Yoda would be a little bit more likely. Oh, it would be so cool to see Yoda. Yeah. It would be so, so yeah, cool. It would be very fitting. It would just, it, it would make a lot of sense. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see Yoda. Yeah. I really wouldn't. A little early to, to predict, but are we getting a season two of this show? No, I don't think we will. Okay. Uh, I think that I'd put the, the odds at 20%. They seem to want it. They seem to. I don't think they will. That though. might just be realize. a thing they're saying to to generate this like positivity about the show. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just a general yeah, buzz that people are are creating and also the the but this show is is killing it in terms of uh its social um engagement and uh disney plus viewership it's yeah. absolutely demolishing the pop culture world and so they just probably want to keep the that on the line to at least keep people intrigued and then maybe if they get enough interest and if this finale goes well then they might do it well it and titles are kind of blurred things as we know having having a title Obi-Wan Kenobi doesn't have to mean like you can bring any of these people back anytime. That's kind of the beauty of an open universe such as Star Wars. And I would much rather that than um, and I would I I think I saw it on Reddit. Somebody mentioned um, it would be cool if they did a show about the path and Mm. it just focuses on different Jedi, new Jedi every two or three episodes uh, or every episode. And uh, it just focuses on their journey through the path. Uh, and I think that would make so much sense. <laughs> and so assuming this is the only season of Obi-Wan Kenobi, is this a just and quintessential Obi-Wan Kenobi story for this era? This mysterious 20-year period that we've always wondered about as it related to Obi-Wan Kenobi, is this good enough to sum up what his life was like in that time? And what got him from A to B? I think... I think they can do it in this last episode. Yes. Okay. I think they absolutely can. They've got a lot to do in the last episode, but I think episode four actually services the arc maybe more than any other episode. I feel like content and plot wise, not as much, but servicing his growth. I think it it's the most maybe essential episode that there's been. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, he really so, kind of works off the rust in episode four. Big time. Yeah. He really gets his Jedi swagger back in that episode. And so I think that could, um, I think that could pair nicely with with a, a finale uh, of some of some length to make sure that it doesn't feel too rushed. Um, but I think, and maybe a little post credit scene that, uh, that we ta- have chatted about, uh, maybe seeing him five years later or or nine years later, right up uh, right before A New Hope, that would be very cool. I want it. I want uh, it so bad. But uh, yeah, it would be very cool to also see like how they interpret his visual appearance if they did it that way too. Probably just do it from behind so that they you, nobody asks any questions about the face. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I think that we have to like not be too picky. If they decide to just like give him white hair and make him look kind of like, I'm not talking digitally. They just make him kind of wear an Alec Guinness oh, costume. Yeah. Let's not be shitty about it. They're different actors and they're both good actors and they both... And in fact, you and McGregor in particular really has a right to this character. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't. That, that's one that I think it's uh, it's different circumstances. It deserves its uh, it, its pass with use of just makeup. Whereas 
I don't think they should just use makeup on Hayden Christensen. Right, right. Um, okay, anything else going on in Star Wars news that we ought to uh, hit on? Um, I don't think so. Let me just do a quick little gander on the web. I mean, Star obviously, Wars yeah. Always Obi-Wan has kind of dominated the Star Wars discussion for a pretty long time. Uh, I'm not now, sure there's the rumor um, that uh, Cameron Monaghan, uh, who plays Cal Kestis in the video games, that he might get his own TV show. So that could be cool. I mean, it's kind um, of strange that I haven't thought of that sooner. Uh, I mean, we know he's a good TV actor. Yeah, exactly. He's a very capable actor. He was a great Joker in uh, Gotham. And uh, the character is interesting. Interesting time period. Um, I think he's he would be more interesting in a in a show than he is in a game because you have to keep a character somewhat bland in a game that you want to be uh, a bit of a user assumes the main lead kind of game. Right. Um, whereas I think he's got the chops to to make the character even more interesting than he already is. And so I would be totally in favor of it. I think he could uh, very easily uh, support a show, uh, sorry, lead a show and uh, be quite interesting. Other than that, um, there's just like Lego Star Wars um, specials coming out and some books coming out. Uh, I'm almost done um, the Brotherhood book and it's been, it's been pretty good. It's been better than Master and Apprentice. Uh, it's been uh, kind of a good take on Obi-Wan and Anakin's view of each other and they're uh, around a, the key time right after Attack of the Clones. So I've enjoyed that in parallel while watching Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's been good. I can't tell you how much this series has made me want to watch A New Hope. Just because it probably, Good. maybe it's been like two or three years since I saw A New Hope. And like, also, uh, Becky hasn't seen it in a really long time. And I actually, I, have, I have to, she's enjoying the show, but I have to create a lot of context for her, which she f- finds useful. But like, based on the questions she's asking about what's happening and who these people are and how they relate to each other in the greater universe, I really want to show her the original Star Wars now now that she has all this other context to apply to it and to to see alec guinness and and carrie fisher um and certainly darth vader again in like the original form in their original mysterious form now with this recent backstory is going to be pretty enriching i think absolutely i think this show is going to do exactly what it wanted to and it's going to make both revenge of the sith and a new hope better yeah and i think it's going to be good in its own right i I, yes maybe it'll raise a few more questions but um overall i i can't see how this doesn't make uh those already incredible things better because it just provides more fun context more fun conversation which is really the reason we all love star wars exactly right (laughs) exactly we want to hear all your thoughts on episodes four and five of obi-wan kenobi although it's very likely you've already had the opportunity to see episode six by the time this podcast comes out. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday night. The show comes out on Wednesday morning. And so uh, they come out in tandem. We'll be back next week with our thoughts, our latent thoughts on uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi six. Uh, send us whatever you got, any questions or concerns or observations, uh, predictions for what's to come next. Uh, fan theories, you can always email recorder66podcast at gmail.com or you can tweet at recorder66. Uh, please make sure you rate and review on whatever podcast app you use. And if you're joining us on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe. And until we are together again, may the force be with you. Thank you.